What's up, my podcast listeners? This is another edition of the podcast vlog video thing that I do. And today we're gonna do the part two of our low back pain exercise selection um, topic that we did last time. And I quickly realized that it needed to be a lot longer. So to kind of recap from the last episode where we talked about uh, low back pain, movement of the spine, exercises that tend to flare it up, exercises that you should avoid, and we started talking about exercises that we need to do in order to keep the spine happy, healthy, and strong. And to kind of um, put things in context, if you didn't listen to my first one, um, when I speak about training, I'm always talking about um, general population people because that's what I primarily work with. But there's a lot of um, differences when you're training with an elite athlete, um, someone that's super flexible, someone who is kind of like an outlier. And a lot of times I find that coaches kind of fall into that category, whereas in reality, they're training everyday people and they're trying to apply principles and methods that only work for those outliers. And they're actually making their clients feel a lot worse. And sometimes like, it's just the fundamentals. Like it's literally do the basics over and over and over and over again. And that's where you see true change. A lot of people like, and nutrition's the same thing, but I just find that people always try to do like overcomplicate things when you really don't need to, you know? Um, so that being said, like we're gonna go through um, a lot of the progressions that I do, and you know we're going to go similar to what we did with that deadlift um, video of my progression for someone that was, you know, either brand new to exercise, never touched a barbell, to eventually barbell deadlifting, <clears throat> and to kind of keep in mind too, I will throw in different aspects to training when it comes to um, back pain of what exercise you should do, what you shouldn't do, and little other things I'll sprinkle in. So the whole process of like, like core training, there are so many different exercises out there that all work great, and I won't be able to cover all of them in this one video, but I will showcase the ones that are most commonly used in my programming um, and that are t that tend to be safe on the back. So I believe last time what I got through is kind of like my phase one where we focus on breathing, we focus on dead bugs, bird dogs, and carries. And those kind of open the door to so many other things. Because I find that when you don't build that base and then you go try something like an ab wheel rollout, you fuck up your back, right? So you need to have that level of progression. And this is where a lot of people forget. And it's just similar to like, you're brand new to the gym and instead of, you know, learning how to hinge with your hips, you're gonna go barbell deadlift. So um, the one thing that we'll go over, I don't think I mentioned last time, is half kneeling positions. And I find that, you know, 
when you get someone in a half kneeling position. So imagine I am kneeling down with my right knee down to the ground and I'm gonna go on a 45 and I have my left leg in front. Again, kind of going into that phase one progression. If I have my left foot as close as possible to where it's in line with my knee and my back foot, I'm already kind of unstable. And now I need to squeeze my glute and engage all my hip stabilizers in conjunction with all my core musculature. I absolutely love using half kneel everything for proper like core recruitment and proper like hip stabilization and teaching the body how to build stability. And if you remember in my previous episodes, I always mention and refer to um, stability as safety, like we're creating safety around our entire body. So that being said, if I can constantly recreate that focus of, I'm constantly gonna feed you the ability to continue to stabilize you, continually build stability. And why not do that in all different types of exercises? So that's why the half kneel is so brilliant. And it kind of covers that area of teaching the low back how to be stable and strong. Because anytime um, low back pain kind of pops up in my clinic, it's usually to do with poor hip mobility and poor hip stabilization. And if I can cover those two things, then that's gonna help this individual who has low back pain or has had flare-ups in the past. So that's where kind of the half kneeling position works really well. Um, I find a lot of traditional core exercises don't have that ability to do that. So that's why the half kneel is my like reoccurring exercise over and over and over and over again. So going back to the half kneel, if I was kind of in my phase one, you know, progression, I'm literally going to line up my left heel with my right knee and my right ankle. And now glute has to engage hip stabilizers in conjunction with my core. And now I'm stabilizing. And sometimes I'll just do this kind of like a plank where hit the timer 30 seconds per side. Um, from this half kneel position, you can do so many things. Before I get into non-traditional core exercises, going into something like a pile-off press or an anti-rotation press. And if you remember from my first video, we talked about what, how is the spine um, built? How is it functioning? How does our body interact with it? What is it designed to do? So our spine can go into flexion, extension, rotation, and lateral flexion on each side, meaning that the muscles surrounding the spine are able to resist those ranges of motion, which then creates stability in our spine. So if you think about an anti-rotation press, so if I'm on my right knee, my left leg's in front, and I have a cable machine to my right, or I have a squat rack, um, pillar, bar, whatever you want to call it, have a band wrapped around it, it's coming out and I'm holding in both my hands and I'm pressing out and back in. So the moment I press out, the band or the cable machine is going to be pulling me over into lateral flexion. So all this stuff needs to be here and I'm also fighting rotation. So I have two things happening from a core standpoint that is going to build a more resilient um, stable spine and also a more resilient body overall. 
And you know, in my um, first version of my ebook, the Ironclad Body Training System, um, I have a lot of half kneel, you know, exercises, and I'm super excited for my second version of the book that will most likely drop um, sometime this summer if I can get all my shit together. Um, yeah, so two things we're already doing in that one half kneel position, but the other thing that people don't think about is in that half kneel position, I'm also teaching my hip how to stabilize. And a lot of times, unstable hips tend to have an unstable lumbar spine. So now I'm literally working on three things at the same time. Now, knowing that the half kneel position tends to work three things at the same time and more. Um, I've done multiple po posts why the half kneeling and tall kneeling position is one of the best ways to build a resilient core and how to build um, just overall stability and strength that will carry over to many other things. Um, when I do the half kneel position, um, I always tell people like you're gonna try to find a spot where you're not completely in line because eventually you're just gonna fall over all the time. But um, finding a position where you feel unstable but you have enough in you to kind of stabilize the mo um, movement and um, stay at that spot because sometimes, you know, if your leg's too far out and it's way too easy and you're just kind of using your upper body, you're not really working um, core stability and hip stability. You're just kind of just going through the motions. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you're like going way too in line and you're all over the place. So you have to find that happy medium. Um, the other thing that I tend to use in the half kneeling position is every exercise I can think of. So that being said, if we know that that half kneel position is doing wonders for hip stabilizers, glute function, and core stability, why not do, you know, a landmine press or a cable press or a half kneel row, single arm or double arm, face pulls, um, cable chops, um, cable lifts and chops from like the FMS, um, landmine presses, I don't know if I already said that, um, overhead press if I'm allowed, um, kettlebell halos, like any exercise that you can do standing, you can easily throw that into a half kneel stance. So now I'm r I have more opportunities um, to kind of to solidify that message to my body that hey you need to turn this 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 and on to make sure everything's stable right and I feel like that's kind of how my training has evolved over the years is finding ways to reinforce the fundamentals without knowing it and a lot of times when you look at the aspect of like fat loss weight loss um, muscle gain we all know that, hey, if I burn more calories, I'm most likely gonna see my um, goals, right? So how do you burn more calories? You're gonna do more movement, meaning more movement needs more muscle fibers to be activated. So how do you get more muscle um, activation with exercises that require more, right? So we all know that, say a bicep curl compared to a Olympic snatch, Right, that bicep curl has a lot less muscle activation than a, um, a barbell snatch, right? So 
when I place people in half kneeling positions, and if you do this already in your programming or in your workouts, you know that a half kneeling position requires a lot more stabilization because it keeps it kind of get, gets you off of balance. So now if we throw in, I'm doing a single arm overhead uh, kettlebell press, then that requires a lot more uh, muscle activation than if I was just standing or sitting on a bench doing a um, press, right? So now I'm working on building a good foundation, um, creating stability, creating a more functional core, protecting my low back, um, protecting my entire spine, learning how to um, fight rotation, how to fight lateral flexion, and also with more muscle recruitment, burn more calories, have a better um, just overall training experience because now in a half kneel position, the thing that I didn't even talk about is it's really hard to cheat in that position. Whereas if I was standing and trying to do an overhead press, I can easily go into extension and try to fight that. A um, lot of weird, weird stuff happens when people start compensating and usually happens in the standing position. Whereas a half kneel, it, it literally does not happen. It's really, really difficult to uh, cheat in that position. So now I have more longevity in my training. And the biggest thing that I see in the clinic is people like like avid gym goers that don't really follow a specific plan to themselves. They may be going to <clears throat> a gym, following a cookie cutter program, um, doing CrossFit, maybe doing a program they downloaded offline. But a lot of times in the clinic, those people will come in because something has flared up because of what they did in their workout, which might not be specific to them, right? So what happens is now they gotta take some time off, right? Usually those people coming into the clinic are so far gone that they physically had to stop training. But all the weeks kind of leading up with that little flare up in their elbow, in their low back, in their knee, whatever it is, already started slowing down their volume of training, which is now preventing them from seeing success, what they want to achieve, whether it's fat loss, muscle gain, endurance, whatever it is, right? And now they're at a point where they've stopped completely. And then getting under a treatment plan might be another two weeks of no activity, some activity, and eventually reintroducing them to that environment of their training and still following some restrictions, some modifications, and they're still not at that volume that it used to be. So now that you know, little piece of tra your training year, that macro cycle of your programming, say it was six weeks in total, where you could have been pain-free and still pushing yourself in a gym like you want to, right? That's another thing is like you'll see those like motivational videos of like The Rock working out and you're like, oh shit, like I need to start training like him, like a fucking badass. But the stuff you don't see on social media is like his recovery strategies in order to do that, right? Nobody talks about recovery because it's not that exciting, but that's kind of the missing link. Like, are you actually doing stuff to recover from the stuff that you're doing in the gym? Like, you know, I shit on CrossFit all the time, but you know, you could do CrossFit as long as you do the recovery strategies in order to continue doing that sport, right? A lot of people don't think of that and they end up just 
they're just going and going and going and like things tend to go on your body, right? So the longevity thing is huge, huge. And that's why I pride myself like the way that I program and it's all the stuff that I've been saying in this episode, the previous episode and the one on the deadlift allows my clients to show up more. So now take it from the perspective of a general population person where weight loss is a huge thing. If I can continue to have people showing up every single week, their chances of success is a lot higher. But if something in my program flared something up and they had to take one week off, that turned into two, they come back, they're not really doing the same intensity. Now I'm slowing them down from seeing success, right? That's on me. And I learned that really, really uh, fast in the beginning of my career, whereas now, I don't remember the last time I had a client in person or online where they had to stop training due to something in their program. I had clients where they've literally injured themselves because they dropped something on their foot or they hurt themselves at work and we worked around what they're dealing with with a program that is, that's designed for them, right? So it really comes down to... Um, your overall goal and this is how I look at training it goes into so many aspects right we're literally talking about low back pain and why you need to stop doing crunches and here's some other exercises but those exercises have more layers to them in the sense that now I can showcase that if you do this exercise it has all these other benefits that go into all these different categories into your overall goal of what you want to achieve this year. And you know, now that we're in 2021, I think we all want to get through the COVID and the holiday weight gain and finally see success. But a lot of us, probably the most of the world, have been working from home on their laptops and now they're sitting a lot more or laying in bed and stuff is stiff. Like for me, I felt that I've done a lot more computer work this past year and my hips are tight. Like when I teach my kids stretch, I was like, damn, like this was not like it was before. So that's how I kind of look at exercise. Like, am I choosing exercises that are going to influence other facets of my training and also other categories of success in life? Right. Um, that's why I don't think honestly crunches is, is one of those things that are going to give you um the results you're looking for um and i went on a big tangent there where are we going from here um half kneeling stuff so for phase one we follow followed breathing dead bug bird dog uh side plank sprawl plank um and then we just got into the half kneel stuff so kind of the next progression from there that I like to take my clients to is just looking at those little exercises and how to progress them, right? And if you look at my entire course training, I follow what our spine is designed to do and the categories of um, dead bug, bird dog, planks, um, carries, and uh, cable stuff for being in half kneel. Um, so if I were to take those five categories and now progress it to the kind of the next level, what I'm looking for is now, let's say the dead bug. And you've seen so many videos that I posted online of so many different dead bug variations. The biggest thing that people need to understand with dead bug is keeping tension, 
right? So when I coach people core exercises, teaching them tension is another way to define stability. And I've made an entire episode about what stability is. And if you think of the easiest way to create tension, um, is literally like the starfish game. Um, I can't remember if I taught you guys this, but if I was laying down like a starfish, hopefully I got enough room here. And you know, both my arms are on the ground, my feet are on the ground, and all I do with a client is like, don't let me move you. So in this position, you know, I'll come around and try to lift their arm off the ground. I'll try to lift their leg off the ground, and all they have to do is actively push down and resist. And that's what um, core training is. Uh, core training is is resisting um, resistance. That was a terrible way of explaining it, but um, to res uh, resist rotation, flexion, extension, lateral flexion, and rotation. Right. So. That's the easiest way to be like, that's how I want you to turn on your core. That's another like topic. I don't even think I brought that up last time is a lot of people think of turning on their core is like, I'm gonna brace and don't let anyone hit me, right? It needs to be more dynamic than that. So for example, in the dead bug, when we're here, it's nice, loose and goosey, but as I'm extending, I'm creating more tension, holding it for a second and then coming in to relax. So a lot of times when I teach tension, it's like when you extend that leg, I want you to drive your heel to that opposite wall and then with your opposite hand, create a fist to create as much tension and then relax coming in. Because a lot of those times where you need to learn how to create tension and relax, showcases, um, pops up in other exercises that you need to do. So think of a deadlift. You need to create a lot of tension as you're driving up and then you kind of relax that tension on the way down on a smaller scale. So a lot of times my core training ends up um, again in other exercises. So progress the dead bug in any of the videos I've ever posted. And you know, if you're new to my channel, one like and subscribe, but just go into my core section or just search up like dead bug. I have so many variations and they all um, evolve with um, tension. So I think my first dead bug video was like filmed in 2014 and it's just a basic dead bug, but all the different uh, variations have a level of a little bit more tension. Same thing with the bird dog, a little bit more dynamic, but you can still progress it. So I like using a band single arm row. I like using a cable single arm row. I will do a dumbbell row off a bench. Um, either with the leg in a, what's it called? A, uh, so many thoughts are running through my mind. I can't even speak. Um, a dumbbell row on a bench with the one leg extended the whole time or with the leg moving as the arm goes. Um, you can do the high tension bird dog that I've posted a long time ago. And every time I do my kid stretch class, it literally just kills people. Um, one, because it's super, super slow. We're working a lot of isometrics in it. And it's literally probably my favorite thing right now for um, core training. And then when it comes to um, carries, um, last time we kind of talked about a double-handed carry, single-arm carry. Um, from there, I would go into a bottoms-up carry. Um, you can go into 
a racked carry if you know how to clean. Um, I tend to go into a rack carry with a dumbbell first and I also rotate it this way. And I also push my arm forward. So if I was sideways, a lot of times people have it racked pretty close, but I like to rotate it in. So if I had two dumbbells, for example, one I can squeeze them together. And then also I push them out a little bit. So now I get a little bit more anterior core. So it's kind of like uh, the goblet squat position. Um, it tends to help a lot when it comes to activating that core. Um, other uh, progression, say in that half kneel, say you were doing that anti-rotation press, I might add a little front raise. And again, challenging anterior core, just doing that. Like you don't have to go above your head, but I like to here and up. Um, and I start also adding like the TRX where, you know, feet go in, we can just do the knee drive or the atomic crunch, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not really a crunch, it's kind of like a reverse crunch. And that is a whole other topic on itself, the reverse crunch, which I might leave um, for next time. But um, I also like going into like a tall kneeling rollout with a ball and I wish I had a stability ball. I need to get it in my little gym area. But um, again, if we know that the spine is designed to fight extension, a tall kneeling position, if I had a ball underneath my hands and I had to roll out and let my entire spine along with my hips go in that direction, I'm fighting again uh, to keep my extension from happening here and just keeping it neutral. Um, that works really, really, really well. Um, again, uh, a progression from a front plank can either just be a push-up position, like get someone in a push-up position perfectly lined up they're gonna have a tough time fighting that. Um, sometimes it comes down to, uh, you know, just getting creative. Like there's so many front plank um, variations, but th this is an easy way to remember how to um, see if you're ready for like a front plank variation. So, you, you know, like if I had someone in a front plank position or they're trying to do like reach outs or something. The biggest thing to know is the moment that the hips get unlevel, you're not ready for it. Um, I see a lot of shitty, shitty front planks with the hips super high and they're also rocking and like, you're not getting the benefit of the exercise. If anything, you're doing more harm than good on that lumbar spine. So a lot of times it comes down to doing the foundations again. And, you know, when I get people progressing through core stuff, it's very, very, very simple, but it's difficult. And when you kind of keep to that, I got to find a dead bug, I need to find a plank, I need to find a bird dog, I need to find a half kneeling something, and I need to do some sort of a carry. That's all you really, really need. And there's a lot of exercises that are, again, non-traditional, and that work your core. So if I got someone in a offset dumbbell wrapped squat, like I am fighting anti-lateral flexion while squatting, like that's a really good fucking core exercise. <laughs> like, or a, just a regular uh, dumbbell goblet squat. Like having that weight in front of you, you are fighting your body from going into flexion. Like you need all this stuff to be activated to hold that position. 
again, non-traditional core exercise. And guaranteed, if you throw yourself some, uh, like, what's it called, little electrodes uh, test um, muscle acti activity, comparing a goblet squat to a crunch 100%, that goblet squat is going to get more activation, more muscle activation like we were talking about before when it comes to um, crushing goals in 2021, when it comes to building ma uh, muscle, burning fat, whatever it is. Um, where was I going with that? Another example, how people tend to overcomplicate things. You know, they'll look at the goblet squat like, oh, you know, goblet squats are easy. I need to like progress myself and like work harder. So I'm gonna do like a, um, what's it called? A barbell back squat. Sure, it's a harder exercise, but do you actually have the prerequisites to actually do that effectively to get the benefit? Right? If I took that person who has that mindset, like, oh, I need to do the back squat because it's harder, and they're like putting 135 on and like can barely do a good set of like six reps, for example, I'm like, guaranteed if I took that person and gave him the 100 pound dumbbell to goblet squat for six reps, it was going to crush him. It just requires a lot more. So, you know, I always tell new coaches like exercise selection and how those exercises influence the body are gonna be your saving grace for programming and making people successful. And that's what I'm always looking for. Like, you know, if you look at just the kettlebell world, those guys and women are so freaking strong and all they use are kettlebells. And when you look at the design and nature of those kettlebells, they all require you to have more muscle activation. And I think that's kind of really the key without, you know, creating your program into like a freaking circus act. And you're like on a BOSU ball with fucking balls being thrown at you and you have to catch them and throw it back to your trainer. Like not that kind of stuff, stuff that you can control and you only need one piece of equipment. Um, I think I'm going to end it there to kind of give you guys some space to think about all the stuff I said. Um, for those at home, like really think about how you're implementing your core stuff. Do not go into the whole rabbit hole of I'm going to start doing crunches for like 10 minutes at the end of my workout. These core exercises are great to implement either at like the beginning of your training, kind of like a activation phase. Um, I stole that from the cause girls. I thought it was brilliant or the recovery exercise. Like sometimes the way I implement it is, you know, I have my client doing a push exercise, a pull, a leg exercise. And that fourth exercise is going to be a little core exercise for them to kind of recover. Cause most times I'm choosing core exercises that don't require a lot of energy to produce. So if I have someone that's newish and their third exercise, like they have a, half kneel, single arm cable press, uh, TRX row, goblet squat, and now I have them doing a front plank, like that's not that much that taxing on them, but still I'm achieving what I wanna create in the program, which is overall stability and resil, I can't even speak resiliency in their body so they can stay pain free. Um, that's how I kind of look at um, training programs when it comes to implementing core. Um, I don't ever put together an entire core workout that doesn't 
doesn't like compute in my head like we're working on your core in every single workout so um there's no sense of um creating an entire day dedicated to it kind of like the traditional bodybuilding if you have like an abs day um but I think that's going to be it for today. I've gave, given a lot of information of how I progress um, my core exercises, like kind of the train of thought of functional core to keep your low back safe and kind of just elaborated a little bit more on that pr uh, previous episode. So hopefully that was helpful. Um, I am going to leave it at that. If you have any questions feel free to reach out and if you have any topics you want me to cover let me know and i will continue giving you guys the best fitness and health content out there thank you thank you thank you so much for um your time and patience with me this past year thank you thank you thank you you guys are awesome hit the show notes if you are listening if you want to watch the video today was more talking i did demo a little bit um and also hit the show notes add me on facebook and instagram i post a lot of video stuff and picture stuff and uh, that's it until next time you guys